All right, what's up? Welcome in Cannabis Insider. We are here for episode two of Verano Week, hanging out with the C-suites of the Big V, headquartered in Chicago. We had Aaron Miles and Darren Weiss on with us on Tuesday. Uh, we also had Morgan Paxia and Inthia's CEO and founder. Uh, it was a really interesting discussion. If you missed it, also, Javier, I think we know what Morgan Paxia's tease was for us yeah. earlier this week. Uh, I'm assuming we do, but we'll get to that right after we tell you what you're watching. Aaron Thomas, let's get started. Or listening. I said watching, and there's a video there for Cannabis Insider, but... Most of our audience listens later. So welcome to Cannabis Insider. You got Javier Haas, Elliot Lane here. Javi, if people listen to Tuesday, Morgan was saying, I'm going to, you know, there's some news coming out. And it was, we were, we, the context was political. So it was legislative. And I think we have it. It looks like we have a new speaker of the house. I think his name is, was it Representative Mike Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, from Louisiana? The yep. very American homeboy name. <laughs> um, but that being said, you know, I look forward tune into Tuesday's episode, y'all, because we're going to go deep dive with Morgan on what my on what Representative Johnson's appointment means for the cannabis space. So indeed, but keep an eye after the show, you can go to Benzinga.com slash cannabis and check out an amazing article by our cannabis editor, Maureen Meehan, who aptly titled the story Buzzkill. Mike Johnson election oh. as new House Speaker does not vote well for cannabis legalization nor banking reform. So there's a little bit of a spoiler, but in order to find out why, you need to go to benzinga.com slash cannabis after the show. Now, I, I would say a lot of his votes are in line. So all that said, I think do your own research. Come prepared to engage in the chat. But obviously, this is a big happening for the cannabis space uh, with uh, safer banking on the horizon. All that said, Javier... We're talking brands today. We're talking marketing. We're talking products. But let's talk news first. Actually, that C-Senor reminded me of, of an amazing story. Um, Snoop Dogg was on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, last week. And at one point, uh, Kimmel brings up a, another comedian that, that he shared this story with Kimmel. He says, you know, I was in Iceland. Iceland. And uh, I wanted some weed. And I reached out to Snoop saying, you got uh, any connects there? And Snoop, you know, unsurprisingly did have <laughs> connects in Iceland. He said, um, last time I checked, I am the plug to your plug. It's good to have international friends, friends, global friends. So then Kim goes on to give him a list of other countries. He goes, you know, do you have a plug in Mexico? And he goes, si, senor. And then he goes, what about Ireland? He goes like, okay, mate, I believe I do. And then he goes like, Estonia, you know, Estonia is in there. And he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, what about North Korea? And, and, and suddenly, you know, Snoop freezes. I think he confuses South Korea with North Korea because he says he was there recording with Tsai, you know, the, the guy from Gangnam Style. But <laughs> either way, um, that is probably there are only two countries where Snoop Dogg does not have a weed hookup, and those are the Koreas. The Koreas. Well, it's impressive, man. I mean, that in itself is a business, right? 
you have the weed plug. I mean, he might be both the green market or the 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 red market and the black market and the green market. All all of them combined, he has businesses everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, he obviously needs to reach out to you for Argentina, though. And many other countries. <laughs> <laughs> what else, man? Or deny having plugs in a bunch of countries. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else, man? What, what's happening today? It feels like stock-wise, it's a little bit of a quiet day. Chill. Pretty chill. A chill I was, day, I should say. I was watching Canopy yesterday and couldn't quite figure out what was going on, to be honest. So if anyone is, is here in the chat and uh, has any theories as to why Canopy was surging yesterday, you're welcome to share. Well, what was it? it was earlier this week. Anthony Barrell from the Dales Report on Twitter was like, why the fudge... He didn't say fudge. Why the fudge are, are, are Canadian stocks booming? I'm so tired of this. <laughs> like, like, I was like, just dude, just everybody by, Just by Canadian stocks. This is not a recommendation. But if you're pissed when you see something continuing to rise, uh, you know, maybe it's a signal. <laughs> I am not a superstitious man, but I'm superstitious. You know, you know, I will say since Mike Johnson's appointment that today, MSOS is down almost 5.3%. So that is something to, to write home about. That's a pretty big drop. People are not bullish about safer. However, of course, safer being the second priority for federal happenings. That said, Mike Johnson seems like a speaker that won't ruffle feathers just to do what he wants to do. Uh, his whole opening speech was about accountability. So perhaps that means that if his party is on board, he'll be on board. Speaking so. in the optimistic language of cannabis, <laughs> of cannabis oh, media. Don't forget, he is the speaker now. So, well, he, he gets can. to choose if it comes to the floor, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and some more. Positive news, 65% of Americans say they would use medical cannabis under a clinician for anxiety, pain, and sleep. This was a survey conducted uh, with over 1,000 participants uh, that were employed at least part-time and state, you know, live in states where cannabis is legal in some way, shape, or form. Uh, 18% of them have already used cannabis for health purposes. 19% have used it recreationally, and 14 have used it for both purposes. Very interesting stuff, you know, continuing to validate what Where's we... the other 13%? What? Where's the other 13%? Oh, no, no, this is people who have used it. The oh, okay. 65% of respondents said they would. They would, would. okay. I, would, I was like, I think we're missing this a category. And dose by acquisition, <laughs> right? So... Um, gotcha, that, gotcha. That is interesting. Here's another interesting one. 56% of respondents said they would be more likely to take a job at a company whose health plan offered cannabis care, which I don't know. That That is awesome. A little bit privileged to me. I, I don't think most people in America right now are, are cherry-picking jobs. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. no, this this one doesn't have a weed health plan. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't happen. I, I don't even think people in the cannabis industry, unless they're working in the cannabis space, are looking for that. Um, or like I getting mean, a job in the cannabis space. What I said I made no sense. Hey, what do you think about this new commercial that, that's about to launch? Between It's going to uh, be aired uh, in the OSU and Michigan rivalry game. Um, I do have an issue with this. 
All right. And I think we at Benzinga have an issue with this. It's go Ohio State. And we at Michigan, we, we at Benzinga are in Detroit, Michigan. We have to support Big Blue, JJ McCarthy for the Heisman, baby. Uh, but all that said, this is cool. Giving it two thumbs down on the backstage. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, <laughs> listen. The, the more we can regular like make this regular, and honestly, our, our guest, the CMO of Verano, will have some insights on uh, traditional advertising channels, but the more we can make this regular uh, in getting cannabis in these traditional advertising channels, the better. I have one more talking about traditional channels, not advertising, but generally. Uh, Europe is getting its first first adult-use cannabis dispensaries. And before you say anything, oh, you know, Amsterdam has coffee shops. One, a coffee shop is not a dispensary. Two, they're not fully legal. This is the first time that Europe is getting adult-use legal cannabis dispensaries, not cannabis dispensaries through pharmacies, not cannabis-like, like low-THC weed sold in gas stations. This is a a pilot program in Switzerland where the Sanity Group and the Swiss Institute for Addiction and Health Research are launching this, this um, pilot program in one of Switzerland's cantons. And uh, people in this canton will uh, have access to adult use cannabis for five years. Uh, over this period, the Swiss authorities will evaluate the impact of legalization to decide if it's good for the rest of the country or it isn't. As per usual, Switzerland taking a super balanced approach to stuff. Be uh, be Switzerland, right? Be neutral. Be be balanced. <laughs> you know, uh, but they're taking steps that other countries aren't, though, right? So, I mean, you have to uh, to enjoy the fact that they're moving in a, in a direction, period. Also, our producer, A.T., threatened to bring me off the screen because I think he's a Michigan State fan. Uh, <laughs> all that said, Javier, uh, Rapid Fire Man, anything else you want to cover before we get to our amazing guest, CMO Nothing of Verano? Nothing, <laughs> Nothing more? All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's bring over David Spreckman, Chief Marketing Officer of Verano. David, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I like the pump. Well. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, we try to have fun on this show, right? Um, but you are on to discuss. You know, we we learned a lot about Verano's recent happenings, about the graduation for exchanges, and and what that means for the company, and how that means you're operationally stable um, as as you move forward. Um, but on the marketing side, you actually have a, a product line that is relatively new, exciting, somewhat unique, and limited. Can you tell us about it? Sure, so I think I think we're talking about Savvy Threads, or I hope we are. Yes, we are. Um, this will be, this is, is actually the latest extension of the Savvy brand universe. So a year ago, maybe in some change, 13 months ago, we launched our, our Savvy brand, the value brand, which filled a, a massive space for us in our portfolio. Um, to immediate success, obviously the category had already been proven out, so we were uh, a little bit of a later addition. Um, and since then, we've been building steadily off the success of the base brand. So we started with with the savvy base offering, the bulk flower um, and vapes. We moved into a, an, an addition called Savvy Uncensored, which is a, a rough cut flower that's uh, sold in smaller formats at a lower price point. 
We then moved into Savvy Guap, which is a single serve macro dose edible under the Savvy brand that has been a tremendous success in Illinois. And it's now on shelves in Arizona and Nevada um, as of very recently. And then this was with Savvy Threads. So it's sort of the, the fourth uh, edition of the Savvy universe that, that's continually expanding. And, and this one was particularly exciting for us for, for a number of reasons. And I think we can we can break this down um, as far deep as, as you'd like. But this was an opportunity for the Savvy brand to continue its its expansion. It was an opportunity for us to break into true e-commerce, which opens up all sorts of doors that are, are tricky for us within the, you know, the cannabis distribution network that, that you're both well familiar with. Um, and finally, that it would unlock additional advertising channels that haven't yet opened up to plant touching businesses and let us really connect with a massive audience relative to what we're, we're able to connect with on a daily basis. Be that because of you know the the state by state restrictions or just the the locality restrictions based on where stores are and where consumers are, so this was a cool creative opportunity for us and a way to expand the platform, but then had some some really fundamentally compelling elements to it as well. You know, I, I'd like to understand the rationale behind this a little bit better, right? Like, what drives cannabis brands to get into apparel and then? What drives consumers to be interested in it, right? I, I I often struggle with this concept, and 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 I don't discuss it, right? It's been proven to be effective. Cookies is the the perfect example for this, but you know, many times I I stop to think and go like, why why do people pay for products that have a brand name, right? Like, why why would I want to promote a brand, right? So, like, how does that work? Enlighten us. I know it's a tough question, but but I, I really want to get to the bottom of this. Finally, like once and for all, understand. Help him out, David. Help him out. I, I hope <laughs> I can. That feel like okay, this should be a gift. Sure. So I, I think that there's and that last um, bit is actually really important because I think there's there's two distinct there's a distinction to be drawn between your typical call it branded items, you know relatively plain, simple things that you find in any store and really across any industries, a lot of times uh, things are given away for free or as a gift with purchase. That's, um, for lack of a better term, swag, right? Which is uh, everywhere and is generally very, very popular and very much appreciated by patients and consumers, depending on their affinity for a brand. This is something very different. This is hand-drawn, hand-designed artwork put on much higher quality garments and done in very small production quantities, really because of the, the care and appreciation for the work that these artists and our, our collaborators do. So th those are two different things. And I guess the first we'll put aside and I'll focus more on, on the savvy uh, threads part. Why would a consumer wanna be a part of it? I, to me, it's, it's really more that we are, we are putting ourselves in the middle of an intersection that already exists and we're not trying to create anything essentially in terms of demand. We know that there's a really strong crossover between the core cannabis consumer and an appreciation for, for art and for streetwear or fashion, broadly speaking. So we saw this intersection, which our brand was more or less moving toward with the hand-drawn, hand-designed packaging um, and naming conventions and, and the more or less really creative forward branding, uh, bold creative branding. And this was just sort of a natural extension from, from what we were doing on pack and on shelf into a new segment. And at the same time, the, the things that I mentioned just a minute ago, the opportunities to then go 
for us and expand our audience and reach new people and, and leverage new channels that we're not able to, to otherwise leverage, it made for a really compelling opportunity. Um, where exactly it will go, we'll see. Um, okay, I, I have a follow-up then. It's to where it will go. When is hemp coming? Is that in the works? Hemp apparel? Yes. I think it's, I mean, I, I'm sure it exists. I know I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I mean to, to Savvy Threads specifically. Savvy Threads? Well, it's not on the roadmap, but, you know, we don't say no to anything. So if, if there's an opportunity, we'll take a look. That's fair. So when it comes to the business at large, speaking of Verado, um, sure. you know, looking at your last quarterly report, I'm sure we'll see another one in the next month-ish. It's, it's already coming up earnings season. Um, you know, your margin profile was relatively impressive. Uh, I would say compared to the rest of the industry, one of the best out there for those who publicly report. Um, how does Savvy Threads um, drive that further? I, I imagine there's an ecosystem play here, right? Uh, so can you give us a sense of the business side? You know, I think you mentioned it in the high level in your earlier remarks, uh, but perhaps how it drives people to be uh, more stickier participants in, in the other products um, and or, you know, this is an impression play for people to see the brand. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of, of, of learning to be done at the moment as it relates to threads. But I think if you ladder that back to the, the savvy universe and the, the complete ecosystem, um, we're trying to build a platform that consumers can really be a part of, um, feel engaged with at, at a higher level than maybe what we've seen historically uh, from ourselves, but from the, the space at large. Um, it's, there's something to be said for the, the Verano philosophy about, um, fundamentals and the sustainability of our platform overall. Um, so not necessarily sprinting at the, the easiest outcomes, um, or the easiest dollar, but always steering our energy and our resources toward the long-term sustainable viable play. And that happens to translate into into the margin profile i think that that you're you're getting at so it's it's really a verano philosophy bit um that we of course as a marketing team follow day to day um, and one way that i think we can support that longer term vision is to build brand platforms that have real consumer connection and in this case that means going even deeper than just the connection to the plant but a connection to the the greater brand identity are there other activations like threads that we'll see in the future. And I would imagine you want to wait to announce those whenever those come out. But um, are you looking at other creative ways to get into these traditional advertising outlets, to get into people's minds as a brand uh, past what you're doing right now? Absolutely. You know, get the, the space, as you well know, has its its limitations and it has its opportunities. Um, it's, it's, you know, overall, it's wonderful. Obviously, it has its, its challenges and restrictions. So we are always looking at ways to be creative and to think, you know, not just think outside the box, but I like to say break the box and, and find creative, interesting ways to, to get ahead and stand out. We have a question from the chat I want to address, actually. Um, you sure. might enlighten us here. Having apparel is one way that cannabis brands can claim trademarks and celery items, says Heath Koresh on LinkedIn. True, false, or somewhere in between? I, it's probably somewhere in between. IP in cannabis is is a is a very interesting lane um, that you know I would not claim to be the the be all and all expert of. But um, 
there are interesting opportunities as it relates to IP and protection. Um, there might be other opportunities uh, on the financial end related to, to tax savings and other things in terms of uh, merchandising at retail. Um, we look at every uh, possible upside when we, when we explore these avenues and um, IP is definitely among them. So I, I just don't know the, the level or the degree of, of, of truth to that statement relative to, to cannabis products. I know it's tough stuff all around. Well, this is the limited item, correct? Yes. So this will end. Um, well, the, the Threads platform is not limited. The, each individual SKU is, is limited in its production. Okay. So rather than making thousands of these things, we may be making tens or a hundred of an individual item. And then you'll see over the course of the next, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, new lines of Savvy Threads apparel being released uh, regularly with some different themes and some different artists. And at some point we will invite our community in to participate in the design process. We know that a lot of our consumers are artists or at least hobby artists um, who like to doodle and draw and sketch. And um, those are things that we'd love to work with. So mm -hmm. we do work, we have a couple artists uh, internally here on the team that, that drive the bus um, for us creatively, but we also work with external artists all over the place. We've worked with um, artists on the East Coast, on the West Coast, here in Chicago. Um, I think that's sort of the beauty of, of the universe as we see it, is that if you give it this, this sort of creative fundamental platform, it's always expanding and you don't have to be so rigidly connected to uh, an individual brand identity in the way that you know traditional CPG functions, which is this is our box, this is our package, this is our logo. We don't mess with that. Um, we take a little bit more of a flexible view as it relates to savvy and letting this thing breathe um, and then inviting others to come be a part of it. Mm. That's fun, man. Actually, you know, just marketing and cannabis sounds like a, an amazingly fun job, but at the same time, of course, very challenging in terms of regulations. Uh, so without falling in the obvious, right, uh, answers, what is the, the best part of, of marketing weed? and the most challenging sure so, you know, pain in the butt <laughs> yeah so i think it's to summarize you know the challenges are probably like they are in any other space and that business at, at a high level is just problem solving and depending on what context you're you're in there's a varying complexities to those problems you might be solving um fortunately we're not doing brain surgery so that's um you know, that makes things a little bit easier to, to digest on a daily basis. And the challenges related to the, the autonomy of every individual state and the lack of, of integration and connection between them and the difference in rules and regulations is obviously probably the biggest practical day-to-day -day challenge. As far as the, the good side, uh, I think we, we would need more time than what we have here because overall it's, it, it, it really is an unbelievable space to play in as a, as a creative and a marketer. But the ability to move quickly and, and try things and not necessarily be restricted by layers of red tape that, that are pretty common at large established CPG industries and companies. And then for me also to think about at the end of the line, you know, where we control the, the supply chain really from ideation and creation through distribution and, and dispensing, at the end of the line, there's a person who has had some good done because of the product. Um, so I, I believe that cannabis is overall a net positive on 
um, communities and society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are varying ways to look at that. But then when you get down to the individual level, and I myself have spent a lot of time in our stores um, over the years and talked to a lot of people, the, the good that is done at the individual level because of these products, um, it, it's it's hard to articulate the impact that it has on people's lives. And for me, when you're, you know, when you're working as hard as you need to work, knowing that at the other end of the spectrum, there's somebody whose, whose life has been changed for the better. I think that's, that's a reason to get up every day and give it your all. I have two more quick follow-ups and then one last question. Um, you know, looking at your website right now, these are premium priced products, right? You have $70, $90 hoodies. Um, you know, I, I would imagine because it's not at, an incredibly large scale bulk. Each item costs probably a little bit more to make. Um, and then you have, you know, designers, you have a lot of cost to cover, but all that said, just for a hoodie, right? You know, 90 bucks is considerable. Is that, does that play into the brand at large? Uh, when, when you think of savvy, uh, edibles and, and gummies, are those premium priced products as well? And is this uh, a bit of a, a mindset that you're creating within your consumer? Am I overreading that? No, no, it's, a, it's actually a very good question because it is a little bit disjointed with the, the base platform um, on shelf, the, the cannabis products. Those are those are value position products. Streetwear is, is a little bit of a, of a different realm. But one thing we find with with the value brand shoppers in particular at retail is it's not necessarily that the value shopper spends less. In fact, they oftentimes spend more than those purchasing the premium products. They're just they're looking to get more for the dollars they spend. So even even the value shopper in cannabis is not necessarily the person that's spending less on a per visit, per month or per year basis, which is sort of an important distinction when you think about pricing in other categories. But to your point, um, this is absolutely a departure from the positioning of of the CPG brands. it's a very different space. We're obviously not looking to produce at scale at the moment. And we're, we're really feeling out what, what the audience is, is interested in and what they're willing to, to do or not do. And we're learning a lot from our early campaigns um, in the meta universe. So those, the early days of those campaigns let you really feel out a wide market and then optimize and optimize and hone based on the interactions we're seeing and, and focus on those that, that present the best opportunity. So Streetwear itself, um, I don't know how familiar you all are. I, I would not say that it is my bread and butter, um, but the the prices are it's a yeah it's a high spend world. Um, so I think we're you know where to find it <laughs> relative to the streetwear world. We're positioned, I would say, probably as a value brand, um, but those those price points are not low. To your point, yeah. I I mean they're nice clothes. I would you know in terms of just in comparing it to the brand. One more question here on Savvy. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about traditional advertising channels. Are you looking at traditional retail channels? Is that something that Savvy will be in or is it not enough of particular SKUs to put it in those channels? I'm just curious as to your future there. That's a very good question. I, I don't have an answer. Um, right now, our focus will be on the, the, the Threads e-com platform. Um, and then potentially look to expand that into our retail doors and, and other third-party retail doors to the extent that there's interest. Um, we'll see where this thing goes. But again, we, we're not of the mindset that we um, close down opportunities before they arise. Mm. So well if, this thing, uh, if this thing becomes what I think it can, maybe there is some opportunity in, in non-cannabis retail. That'd be great.
Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Let, David, little does David know, uh, you'll be able to find this on future ads on Benzinga for, for Savvy Threads, uh, directing you back to the e-commerce platform. Uh, just that's, that's a joke for now. Um, but all that said, David, one last question for me before Javi kicks me off. Uh, what's your favorite Verano cannabis product? Ooh. Well, I, I'll give you my favorite strain is a throwback to the to the early days when I first started here. I'm coming up on on five years. My nice. favorite strain was a strain called G6. Um, we are it's not active in many markets, maybe one or two, but but don't be surprised if you see a comeback from what was at one time our most popular strain in Illinois back in 2018, 19. Nice. Okay. Nice. Um. So from the chat, by the way, Heath Koresh provided some clarifications on uh, the um, the issue of patents. Go check it out on LinkedIn. And one last one is a funny comment slash question from a guapo drone who goes by guap on social media. I was tickled when there are no name their savvy guap gummies after me, JK. Any savvy guap related merch out there yet? And what does guap mean to you, David? Guap means money. Hey, really? I thought it meant like guapo in, in Spanish is like, you know, handsome. either handsome or courageous, right? It, like guapo, right? I, I thought like, okay, because this is a high dose single serve, uh, edible is like only for the courageous. Handsome, courageous, but, and a millionaire. Yeah, we, no, we can do all three. Guapo is, it's slang. It's, it's contemporary slang for, for money. Like cheddar. Uh, I learned something today. So, yeah. if, and if you... Um, Next time you're in Illinois or Nevada or Arizona, or we're going to be in the same place and we can arrange um, or facilitate you you trying this product, you'll see that the, the Savvy Guap gummy itself is a is a money bag. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually, and it's sort of a first of its kind. You don't see very outside the box um, shapes or molds in gummies because rules are, are very difficult. So yeah it, it's a silly thing but it's something that we're actually we're actually very proud of and i know consumers really get a kick out of it um and it's contributed to its success i mean it's a really unique single serve macro dose gummy shaped like a money bag i love it guap i hope that answers your question but uh he, i think he's still gonna think it's about him okay if we're gonna be <laughs> honest guap guap we love you David, I, will, I, will, I will treat that edible just like i treat my money use it slowly <laughs> oh man well david appreciate you being here man thanks for your time today really nice insights on savvy and the product line there love to do this again and highlight other products for you guys uh but until next time uh we appreciate you and we'll talk to you then yeah thank you so much for having me great to see you guys thanks david you too all right javier that was fun man that was really nice insights into a uh a, a somewhat new product category guap that guap from guap <laughs> <laughs> from guap guap that guap from guap um all right javier this is fun as always brother we got more episodes for you on tuesday check in with us for morgan oh, yeah. Paxi's insights on what representative johnson means for cannabis's future uh for the house of representatives outside of that have a phenomenal weekend check out benzinga.com slash cannabis for all your news throughout the day uh and we will see you again next tuesday peace sure.